What's going on, you guys? This is episode 10 of the Nobby Design Podcast. And in this episode, I sit down with my good friend, Bonnie Kim, out in Los Angeles, California. In this episode, we really talk about her journey uh, working in nine different industries, which really allowed her to uh, see the world from a very holistic and comprehensive lens. And we talk about what she does now. Uh, she is a full-time uh, coach uh, with her company, Royal Telos, where she does professional and uh, personal life coaching. And so this episode is really just kind of a grab bag of so many different fun stories and just different lessons that were learned along the way. I think you'll really enjoy it. Check it out. All right, you guys, uh, welcome to the Nabu Design Podcast. This is episode 10, and this is, of course, Andy Un. And today, I have a very good friend and someone that I am really excited to do this podcast with, uh, my friend, Bonnie Kim. Hey, everyone. Hi, Andy. <laughs> What's up, dude? Um, so Bonnie, Bonnie and I first connected uh, last year in 2019 uh, over the summer. Um, we were part of a, a kind of a leadership gathering uh, in Kona, Hawaii. And yeah, uh, Bonnie, alongside of kind of a handful of others, were people that were just kind of really highlighted to me um, during that gathering. And so that's where we made our kind of first uh, connection contact point. And it was just one of those initial contacts where I knew, okay, this is a person that I'm going to follow up with in the future, no doubt. And so, yeah, from there, um, Bonnie came to Atlanta for a conference and we were able to connect deeper. She got to hang out with my wife, my kids, and I'm just super excited to introduce Bonnie. I'll give maybe a quick 45 seconds and I just want, I love to let her, you know, share about her own life. So uh, to me, uh, Bonnie, I first connected with her really as kind of a life coach, but more than a life coach, I would say it's, there's just so many other layers that are there. And the thing that immediately st uh, stuck out to me about Bonnie was that, you know, in the Myers-Briggs world, uh, she is an ENTP. And if you know anything about that type, they are super underrepresented uh, with females so the fact that she was a female ENTP, first and foremost, was super intriguing. But one thing that I really um, enjoy and admire and, you know, just love connecting with Bonnie on is she's super real, super authentic, and she comes with such a amazing kind of tapestry of uh, experience that I think is still leading her to this day. So that's my little spiel on you, Bonnie. <laughs> I hope that was uh, endearing in some sort of fashion, but, um, but yeah, Bonnie, um, who is Bonnie Kim and share a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, hi everyone. My name is Bonnie and I would say that if you could encapsulate two types of people, maybe an old grandma mixed with a very curious and often uh, a young little kid that gets into trouble because super mischievous <laughs> you blend those two types and you get me um uh, I, well what i do is currently um and how andy met me i am a personal and professional development coach uh, i have my own practice called royal telos and 
I love, love, love seeing people get to that next level in their uh, personal and their professional lives. So that is definitely an incredible passion of mine that really was birthed from um, a few components, but one of the components being that I've had over nine, 10 different industry experiences, um, all not related to one another. And a lot of times they were um, stacked. So (laughs) yeah, Uh, that has its pros and cons. Obviously it's very not good for um, putting somebody in a predictable container or how to operate with them. But it's also very good in terms of a big picture uh, view and understanding how different systems integrate with one another. Um, And with that experience uh, has incredibly helped my coaching and consulting practice. Um, So that's where I'm currently at right now. But Mm -hmm. besides my profession and what I do, um, I feel like, yeah, if I could be just this one person encapsulated, it would be an old soul and a really, really mischievous child all mixed (laughs) together. (laughs) I love that. That's hilarious. Um, No, I love what you shared. So, you know, you obviously have a very eclectic, you know, kind of mix of experiences and industries that you were, you know, working in. Um, can you share a little bit about maybe some of those industries and maybe a quick kind of maybe a one-two summary of what what you were doing in some of those industries? Oof, I will try to keep this very brief and hopefully entertaining to you all. Um, <laughs> So I've been, let's just say every single industry, well, not every single, at least the main types of industries besides the medical industry, mm-hmm. I've somehow been involved in, whether they were my, um, whether they're, you know, whether it was, um, okay, well, let me rewind. I started in education, got my master's there at the same time. I really felt this prompting to start an anti-human trafficking organization. So I mm-hmm. did while going to grad school. Mm. And during uh, that time, I really learned how to operate with having little to no money. So being a nonprofit founder, having volunteers to manage and um, basically learning how to be a professional beggar Mm. (laughs) (laughs) was, was very, very difficult. But it really, those types of challenges that I encountered learning to make something out of nothing or needing to um, be incredibly resourceful Mm. and incredibly efficient with time management, as well as leveraging tools and systems that are out there that can help maximum uh, with maximum output. Uh, And doing that for seven years while doing other um, projects to survive while Mm. I'm doing the nonprofit um, Mm. really gave me an edge these challenges and training for seven years gave me an edge to then go into any other industry and unknowingly just fly. Wow. Um, I'm reminded of like the David and Goliath story where it wasn't because David was so obvious of of somebody to choose, but, but because he was just, he didn't know what, uh, he was expected of them. He was just going out there every day, protecting sheep, fighting off animals Mm. and predators. And uh, when 
they were, you know, when that prophet Samuel was trying to look for a king, mm. David wasn't even considered because he was so small and he seemed very insignificant. Mm. And in the same way, that's how I often felt about mm. uh, not really having the credibility, the pedigree, the finances or functional family growing up. Wow. I am nowhere privileged to be um, given so many of the chances and opportunities I've had had today. But mm. if there was one thing going for me was uh, I learned to step in and say yes, even into the most craziest or unknown um, experiences and then realizing, oh my gosh, I have, I have something to offer. Mm. I know how to jump levels without going the conventional way. Wow. Wow. You're almost able to, to learn how to hack in a certain degree. Yeah. Wow. Well, Bonnie, I want to, I want to press into a certain area of a story I know you shared with, with Yuna and I, but um, specifically with the fashion nonprofit that you were doing around sex trafficking. I mean, you don't have to rush, but could you just share maybe uh, a story of maybe one of those instances where you had to be on the fly, where you were working with minimal resources, but you were able to really kind of engage and, and create that incredible output? Yes, absolutely. Um, I feel often, as I mentioned before, we like to look at what's on the exterior and assume that we're being successful mm. because we're hitting certain metrics that we think we should. Mm. But we don't realize that challenges often set us up for bigger successes later. Wow. So um, one of the challenges that I had uh, going in, and particularly I think it has to do with having a Korean-American background and um, trying to be a little bit more accommodating in terms of not being too, um, too gung-ho about fundraising, asking for money without yeah. trying to backtrack a little bit and feel a little bit uh, um, apologetic. Yeah. <laughs> like... So I, I did meet this one lady. She is the founder of a of a group called Defy Ventures, which helps with um, prison inmates. Mm. And she has a very high successful rate, um, her program does. So I wanted to breakfast with her one day through introduction from someone else because she's just so good at raising funds and doing her work. Mm. Um, and she told me, okay, I know what you're here for. She's very, she comes from venture capital world. She's used to dealing with millions and millions of dollars before she switched into this, um, career path. Mm. And I asked her, you know, what, if she told me, okay, pitch what you're, what you want to say. Mm. Okay. So I did. And the way that I did it was, hi, Catherine. Um, I have this amazing, exciting, nonprofit um we're helping with trafficking work and so um would you like to donate some money um i mean you know if it's if it's too much of your trouble and your time then that's okay uh, that's okay and she looked at me bewildered like are you kidding me wow um then she <laughs> she gave me a good good hard dose of truth when she said you don't really care about what you're doing wow 
And I was so offended mm. because I had given up interviews and opportunities to work at Amazon, Google, Facebook. Mm. You know, I had people who were on my team that ended up working at Google or the White House mm. uh, under the Obama administration. And I just thought, are you kidding me? No, I gave my whole life to mm. do what I felt like was the right thing. How can someone like to say that mm. but she said you don't you don't really believe in what you're doing because you said that you feel like this is a calling mm. this is something that you felt god asked you to do right wow then why are you ashamed for asking people to partner with you wow you're doing something that is changing people's lives why wow. are you ashamed right and <laughs> then she proceeded to show me the strategy on how to then close deals or get people on board or partner with you. And it's wow. not from this energy you give off of, can you just help me? But right. it's more of, look at this thing that I'm on. Are you going to get on this train? Right. Don't you want to? And it's, it's not confidence. Yeah. It's not yeah. manipulation. Right. If you think of it as manipulation, and if you go in with that intent, it is manipulation. Right. If you think of love and how you can help people and how you can um, make sure to approach it in a humble and loving way with confidence, yeah, people want to be a part of that. So wow. that's something I learned from that night. I went home and I started Google chatting with people I haven't even talked to for five years. <laughs> and within three hours, I raised $3,000. Wow. Wow. Just off of chatting with people online. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So even that little shift in wow. owning it and understanding confidence had um, changed the way that I operated the nonprofit. Wow. So what was, uh, what was some of the outcomes of, of that whole venture that you were doing uh was it called freedom fashion freedom and fashion yeah. freedom and fashion so what were some of the uh kind of outcomes for those who who may not be completely or who may not be aware of <clears throat> of that venture yeah absolutely um so freedom and fashion what we did was we uh it was back in 2008 when mm. the idea first came and mm. at that time people didn't know what human trafficking was, what exploitation in those ways were, mm. um, let alone, you know, the few groups that were out there, they were fighting for resources or competing for them. Mm. So freedom of fashion was a way to bridge all of these groups efforts by creating one platform, uh, being an annual event, micro events, and bridging all these people together to come and sell their products and showcase their products on a runway show or other magazines that we're creating in house. Wow. Um, without needing to pay us anything. Wow. So uh, the first show without any marketing and knowing what to do, we had project runway people donating their time. We had, um, yeah, we have money coming in from donations. We've um, had, um, over 700 people show up for the first event. Wow. And the second event, uh, we had over 1,300 people. Mm. So on and on and on. And um, so one thing that I would feel that this 
method of being bold and being very confident in knowing what you're doing is something good mm. um, was just fundraising, raising funds to help uh, programs that we felt it was necessary to create. One of them being a mentorship program for survivors of uh, trafficking, juniors mm. um, and juvenile girls. So wow. we created a um, fashion and makeup artistry program mm. um, that you know taught about these issues of identity, what it means to be beautiful, mm. using the medium of artistry. Mm. Often these girls are very guarded, or boys and girls, they're very guarded. They don't want to talk about these issues mm. because why would you want to? You know, you're, you've been toughened up. Mm. But if you use something fun, something creative that's naturally expressive, like mm. makeup artistry or fashion design, that is the tool to have them open up and have you tr have them trust the mentors. Wow. So funding came through that, uh, through a funder that I, you know, was very confident in talking in wow. the right way. Wow. And it's still running. The organization still exists. Um, wow. I've been out of it for five years because I never, wow. yeah, I never looked at it as my own project and my own baby right um, i looked at it as something that needed to be created and let go once it was time wow it's amazing wow mm -hmm. well no this is so good and i think bonnie we could talk about every single one of your experiences which we did at, at my house and uh you know you and i we had a blast <laughs> just listening to the, the incredible adventures of bonnie kim but here's a question that I have. Um, so one of the things that you mentioned early on was that you, you said that having this kind of eclectic mix of experiences has almost allowed you to penetrate or to go into any situation and to see it from a holistic perspective. And I personally love that. I feel like that in my own life to a certain degree as well. And I just almost... The reason why this is so cool to me is because one of the things that I've always believed is that, you know, oftentimes we always think of the jack of all trades, but being the master of none and that being like a negative thing. But what I'm realizing today is that actually, if you're able to, to leverage being a jack of many different trades, you become a master at that. So I would love for you to just kind of take the wheel and, and share anything you want to say about that. Like how has all of these experiences allowed you to come with a holistic perspective? Sure. Um, so current present day being a coach and a consultant. Yes. Um, one thing that I do know when I mentor other coaches in, you know, these private personal calls is that some of the other seasoned coaches that have been doing this longer than I have Mm. actually don't know somehow uh, sometimes how to navigate with certain CEOs or executives on wow. certain uh, problems that they're facing just simply wow. because of lack of experience of that industry. Wow. Um, and while um, it's not the coach's job just to answer for the client's needs, because that is a consultant or a teacher. Mm. However, um, I am a coach and a consultant, and mm. uh, whenever I deal with the client, I'm looking at their life holistically. Mm. So I incorporate three phases, okay. um, one, each of which has a different goal. 
Mm. The first being reveal and that it's more like we're revealing what's not working. Mm. Any personal hangups all the way to systems that just not helpful. Then we move Mm. on to restore Mm. where now that's all about your personal hangups and your own inner issues are cleaned up. Now, who are you? Let's Mm. build with strengths finder or let's build with MBTI or some other uh, tools that we can use and build. And Mm. then we go into the, third phase which is ready and that mm. is when you can launch and do something on a more with a clean slate mm. you know who your identity is so those three methods are not easy to do if you mm. don't have experience in those three areas of which wow. i do have wow. um both in certification and in experiences so wow. it's been incredibly fun because i see results rapidly because i'm mm. hitting all sites, all points. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. Wow. Could you, I mean, if you don't mind, I mean, you obviously don't have to reveal names and stuff, but could you give us a, an example of maybe um, something that you've worked on that you were able to see that almost like a case study? Yeah. Um, one of my clients, he's uh, from Reading, uh, Reading area. Okay. And he's a relationship coach out there. Okay. So, um, even though he's trying to launch his practice, there are mm. certain things that I felt like was happening, maybe just interpersonal areas wow. that would inform his practice. So for instance, mm. if you have a limiting belief of just like how that lady Catherine did to me, she called me out and she told me essentially that I have this own belief about something mm. that I can't, speak with confidence mm. because I feel so, sorry for asking for money. For wow. Help. Wow. So in the same way, uh, we're assessing what are some of the limiting beliefs or things that he's dealing with. Yeah. And when you can do that, then you're naturally going to, uh, it's naturally going to seep into other areas of your life mm. and how you're going to approach your practice or your business mm. or anything. Mm. Mm. So that's, that's why that I don't, uh, necessarily think just going in as a consultant to just fix the outer layer systematic issues in your business. That's right. Is that is the answer? That's not the answer. That's right. It has to be all three. That's right. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And another story, just quickly, was um, sure. which I you know shared with you before personally. Mm. Um, was this was a reverse way where I was going in as a consultant, okay. but, uh, with the, he was the former producer of the world economic forum mm. and yes, very random. What am I doing there? <laughs> but, um, as I, um, brought on to mm. be a consultant to, mm. you know, help this company startup run, yes. um, save them over 200 K, wow. um, in a five year run of uh, five week runway. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I'm also monitoring, monitoring his, uh, his like, um, challenges or his stress mm. because sure I can go in there as a consultant, but if the founder is having a hard time, right. Then he's going to make decisions that won't make it difficult for me to do my job as well as the company to, uh, to really hit the potential can. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, so, so you were mm-hmm. able, so essentially you were able to see things from multiple layers. You were able to see the, 
<clears throat> kind of the external factors of what were happening, whether it was money that was being hemorrhaging or whether it was all of these type of issues. But then you were also able to look at it from the perspective of a personal coach and see the CEO or see the founder for who he was and to see the interpersonal things that were happening that are really just as important, if not even sometimes more important than the things that are happening on the external. And so by doing so, you were able to kind of take a holistic approach to really kind of look at the entire issue. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, it's so fun. It's so fun. Um, I love how we do very similar things. We have different names for them, but it's just, yeah. Anyways, we've talked about this before. Um, kind of, here's a question that I have for you too, Bonnie. So one of the things that I immediately picked up about you, especially when we first met in Kona was, you know, this idea of spiritual intelligence, right? Um, I, 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 I talk about spiritual intelligence on some of the other podcasts and really the definition that I gave on spiritual intelligence, just to make it very real and kind of relatable was I said, Spiritual intelligence is basically our acute ability to be able to perceive, discern, and judge the spiritual dimensions that are at work in us and around us, and to be able to manage those realms or to manage that world towards a positive outcome, right? So it's really kind of taking the mysticism out of it and making it a little bit more real. And one of the things that I noticed about you, Bonnie, was that uh, I, I could tell immediately, I was like, okay, she operates in a in a spiritual intelligence meaning you are actually employing a let's just call it a fourth intelligence when you do things right it's almost some people would call it the x factor right you're able to hear from god you're able to discern what's kind of happening more in an unseen way i just kind of want to open the, the table for you to say what do you want to like for you what is spiritual intelligence and how does that incorporate with you personally and what you do? Absolutely. Uh, so being the MB MBTI ENTP, yes, uh, or more EINTP, but that T part yes. plays a very interesting factor in my life because okay. uh, being that naturally, I'm actually very high T, very highly logical. Mm. Uh, I process a lot of information, kind of uh, like how engineers would process information. Wow. Yeah, so I definitely connect very well with engineers for mm. the same reason. Mm. Um, however, I have this other part to me that's incredibly high intuition. Mm. Um, and I don't, I don't think it's just of my own genetic disposition. I really do think there's a supernatural... Uh, spiritual level okay. to this. Okay. So it's very interesting what happens because mm -hmm. this spiritual connection I have, and then I feel that I can really uh, sense people's um, emotions and okay. energy. Yes. So then it's like this kind <coughs> of crazy collision of feeling and sensing a person's energy slash emotion, mm. even if they're, not showing it and they're just mm. sitting in the same um, room wow. or same house. Yeah. Um, but my thinking logical side kicks in right away and then starts going to this intense analysis of it. Wow. Wow. And having to question, okay, is this me? Okay. If it is me, then what happened? If it's not me, 
often who could it be or what's happening. Mm. Uh, <laughs> with that said, my job was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, because once I walk into an environment, like a company hires me to do coaching or consulting, mm. Mm. immediately I will walk in. You won't tell me anything, but I'll sense it. Mm. Even if no one's in there and this place is after work, I've walked mm. into companies and I've knew, I knew the person sitting at that desk mm. is going through something. And I knew this person here wow. is going through a major <laughs> or some kind of uh, partnership or something is happening. And it would be incredible because they would, you know, the people there will respond in shock actually wow. that's that is what's happening wow um, so <laughs> yeah it's it's a little bit strange but also <laughs> very beneficial and this but i don't only rely on uh just spiritual intelligence alone right and this is why the other logical part um does all of the research diagnostics testing yes to then bring them together to have a better picture that's right. No, and I love that. I think, I think that is the way that, you know, we are called to operate even with spiritual intelligence, right? Like whether, whether we call it intuition or clairvoyance or, you know, like you said, it, I mean, really, there's no other better way than to say that it is kind of an empathetic ability to gauge the energy, right? That's happening in the room or the frequency or the vibration. Um, and I love the fact that you're talking about you know, that's not the only intelligence that you employ, but you see its benefit and you know its place in the grand scheme of things, right? And even when you were talking about having this analytical side along with your intuition, it's almost like you're able to bring objectivity to something that could feel very subjective at times, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I feel we make the unfortunate mistake in Western culture mm. that anything that seems unscientific, we just, um, we just deem it as not credible. Okay. Um, whereas you have hundreds and thousands of years of different human civilization real, you know, relying on the stuff that we're just talking about right now wow. to get through or even succeed. Mm. We have books that are being written why, why would, do we have books like The Law of Attraction or right. Think and Grow Rich? Or there's tons of books that have some resonance with people because sure. some part of it is uh, showing evidence mm. um, or people's hope t towards something more than just reason and logical thought. Mm. Example, what is love? Right. right. You right. can't measure emotion or love. You can measure characteristics or components of how it's manifested, but you can't measure the energy of love itself like that's, you, that's right. abstract you cannot contain that in right. a western thought perspective or framework so yeah with that said i think we are um will it would be unfortunate if we only just validate um, what we feel like is logical reasoning without also celebrating and utilizing spiritual intelligence no I, I i couldn't agree more and i love this because i think from what i could tell and maybe you could tell me if you agree with this or not i think i think people are awakening to that i think there is a collective consciousness around this i think at the end of the day we all hunger for spiritual things because as the bible would put it you know ecclesiastes says god has put eternity in the heart of man and so 
there is this kind of vacuous thing inside of us that is longing for something that is beyond our natural reasoning, right? Um, and that's not to say that it doesn't, it can't be measured. It's just measured or quantified in a different way. Um, my question to you would be this, because I just want to kind of play in this arena for a second is for the person, let's just say, who has grown up in the typical Western mindset, right? The scientific method, what's logical and what we can kind of, you know, quantify and, and, and qualify to the person that kind of has grown up that way, but yet maybe has a slight curiosity about spiritual intelligence, what would you want to say to that person? Or what would you want to say in that, in that way? Mm. Uh, so I want to tell them that we all have a system of faith. Mm. Even believing in logic is having faith in logic. That's right. So, uh, for instance, about 100 years ago, um, Harvard came out with the study that women should not go to school or higher graduate school, mm. higher ed, because the, the blood from the reproductive area and organs would go into the brain mm. and that's going to compromise fertility. Okay. Of course, that's not true. Right, right. <laughs> but Good at that time, right. yeah, at that time, whatever they were doing uh, was showing proof that it was true. Right, right. So even though we might want to say that just logic, scientific method, all of these things are absolutes, they're still contingent on a slice of what we know in right. science. Wow. And there are too many variables around that slice that could then uh, counter it at some point in time. Mm. So in the same way, even in those who practice spiritual belief, they are mm. also taking a step of faith in believing something mm. and then having results from mm. believing in something. Mm. Um, with the person who now is curious, mm. I would just say, use that same um, desire mm -hmm. for truth, desire mm. for logic. Mm. And I really challenge them to apply that now in the faith arena of mm. the spiritual faith arena. Mm. Because if it is true, mm. then fantastic you've gained something else some other knowledge mm. if it if it is false then fantastic then you can just throw it away and you've discredited it right yeah so yes. e either way you're finding out some form of truth mm. why not continue on and mm. do it what mm. is i would i would say the larger issue is that there's some component of fear mm. ultimately mm. it's not it, it might not be that they're resistant to trying to uh, resistant to going into that area because they're just hard fast believing in logic it's actually there's some kind of fear that's keeping them from mm. exploring that mm. and if they let's say you know if they're of a christian faith and mm. if they do believe in what the bible is saying god is saying that he's not a god of fear mm. he mm. is you know he is or or he perfect love dries out fear Mm. So ultimately, 
you walk into that with a heart knowing that there's a God who loves you and will drive out fear, mm. then you really don't have anything to lose. Mm. Mm. No, I, I, I like this, Bonnie. And I think what I'd like to ask would be, so really at the end of the day, you know, spiritual intelligence, it, it comes from being connected to the source, right? It comes from being connected to like really the source, right? I think, I think one of the cool things is that, you know, even when we think about God, I mean, really we're, we're calling him the, the source, right? Whether we call it alpha and omega or beginning and end, like he's the source. And my question to you would be, you know, in the work that you do and just the way that you live your life and, you know, obviously I've had the pleasure of hearing just your experiences, your life journey, but like for you, what would you say is how is faith integrated for you in all that you do? Like, like how, how does that, how does that integration happen for you personally? And like, what does that look like for you? On a daily basis? Or? Yeah, on a, on a daily basis or even on a professional level, like whatever kind of comes to mind to you. I feel um, I'll first probably go in a little bit big picture and then go into what I do daily. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel if God is saying he is truth, if Jesus is truth, Mm -hmm. then truth uh, equates with integrity. Okay. And um, when you are connected to living a life of integrity, Mm. Um, then there's, there's workability around that. Mm. So imagine there's a roadmap and you're at the end of the road, there's a certain goal, but along the road, um, this road is towards integrity. Okay. So that's the goal. You're going to the end. You want something, but, um, along this road, you're meeting instances where there's a lack of integrity. So let's say you have a business partner who always lies to you. Mm. You're going to deviate away from the road Mm. or there is a relationship that cheats on you. Mm. There is just no sustainability when you keep living a lie or you have people around you or systems around you that has no integrity or no sustainability uh, in that way. So what ends up happening in your life is you're constantly being met with, these challenges that doesn't help you get to the goal. Mm. And because when I look at Jesus, he is the ultimate integrity and in saying mm. that he is the truth. I am the way, the truth and the life. Mm. Then to me, even just logically, not even a spiritual, you know, personal level, which is a whole sure. different thing. Right. It makes complete sense what he's mm. saying. Mm. Um, so yes, that's how, what I do love about uh, my relationship with yeah. Jesus yeah. Um, on, on a day-to-day level, um, personal level, I guess I do approach God like a child. I'm very honest. Mm. Um, I complain. I you know throw tantrums. He asks me to go into a new industry and I'm like, why, why are we doing this again? You know, I, I don't, I'm very, I have integrity to how I really am before the yeah. Lord. Yeah. And I think because of that, um, it's made me feel very close 
to him and to trust him, even mm. when I'm walking in the dark mm. and it seems very scary at times. Mm. Um, and every day I get to experience him through uh, different, I feel professionally I get to experience him by being extremely stimulated by helping my clients and mm. helping the companies. Mm. Um, I feel the kingdom on earth when I'm wow. engaged in that. Wow. Um, <laughs> um, but personally, I experience him just by doing my own um, reflections, painting, reading, yeah, uh, doing art. Yeah. yeah. These are these other things that, <laughs> that yes. people don't often see. Yeah. Yes. No, I, I love what you just said about even as you engage in the work that you're called to do and you know that you're kind of partnering with him that you're able to experience, you know, the kingdom or you're experiencing something that is so deeply fulfilling. I, I just want to say something on that. Cause I think, I think this is, this is the longing of every human heart. And I think it's um, let me, this is the first thing that comes to my mind is for anyone that has experienced that it's the most addictive feeling in the best way. Right. Because, Really, at the end of the day, right, um, I mean, God bless his soul. Like, let's just talk about Kobe Bryant. You know what I'm saying? Like, seriously, I've been thinking about that all day today. It's, you know, it's still kind of messing me up a little bit. But but you think about Kobe Bryant, right? And uh, God bless Kobe Bryant. And you think about, um, you see him on the basketball court. Now, obviously, I wouldn't say, like, he was created just for that. Obviously, he's a much more diverse uh, and, and an in-depth person than just the singular thing called basketball. But, you know, you see him play the game of basketball and you see the dedication and all the things that you put and you almost see his life in high resonance. It's almost like he's hitting the frequency that he was created for. And because of it, there's this incredible reverberation that happens where the world has literally come to watch him, right? The world is watching him because it's, it's, it's the basketball, but to me, it's deeper than that. It's the frequency, right? It's, it's like, he's hitting that frequency. And I just, you know, I, I want to just say this because I feel like for me, that's something that I've experienced as well. And I think it's, it's one of, it's a very gratifying feeling if I could even put it like that. But like, I think when I am working with certain clients and you know that you're partnering with the spirit, you're, you're partnering with a divine source to bring about, you know, whether it's change or breakthrough or an area that was potentially actually locking a person inside and being able to, to be that assistive tool to, to break through that. I mean, really the best way that I can describe it, it's almost like there's a wave of energy that kind of comes back to you that you realize you're like, man, this is what I was created to do. You know what I mean? And uh, I don't know. I just wanted to give my personal commentary. Um, is there anything you want to say about that or anything else? No, I'm totally in agreement. I feel like the word flow comes to yeah. mind. Okay. Um, and I think it's just flow next level when we're also partnered with spirit. I do feel like each individual has an opportunity for flow. Yes. And I feel like because of uh, God's common grace, Yes. To all humans. He loves right. seeing people thrive and yes. have hope. So I feel like people in general all have the potential to experience that flow. But how much 
how much more awesome yes. and rewarding when you're tapped into the source of ultimate flow. Yes. It's just so great. It's like, like you're saying, it really is an addictive feeling. It's just not chemical looping in the brain, which there's components to that, but it's just right. another level on top of it. Well, yeah. And I'll, and I'll kind of wrap up with this. Like, so one of my last clients <laughs> was a, a young man who um, was in one industry had been in there for several years, come to find out that he doesn't find a sense of flow or really a sense of life in that industry. So he came out of that industry. Now he's kind of going into this world of accounting. He's um, in schooling to become a certified public accountant. And, you know, in that regard, I think he's found a certain state of flow because what he's realizing is that his hardwiring, his ability to organize, his gift for numbers, all of these things are kind of converging together in his life that's allowing him to now go into this field that he's like, wow, this is such a better fit. But as we were coaching, um, it's so funny that we're talking about this and there's a ladybug on my wall. Anyways, um, <laughs> um, but uh, ladybugs just show up in the randomest times. It's just fun. Anyways, um, but as, as we were going through this coaching with him, um, you know, what we were able to do was we were able to connect these deep desires that I call God fingerprints in his life, right? We have God's fingerprints all over our life. Sometimes it just takes a process of excavation to kind of smell it, right? Uh, I always think about that little tool that you used to see on like mystery, like, you know, or, or what is it? Mystery movies where, you know, they get the powder and they're like, <laughs> putting the, you know what I'm talking about? They're putting the, uh -huh. the fingerprint like, dusting. Yeah, exactly. They're like, there it is. Right. And I feel like that's really what, what, what the process is like. And, and what we were able to do was help integrate this newfound passion with this God desire that had been in him for such a long time. And when we hit that place, there was such a high level of resonance um, that happened even in that um, kind of uh, uh, discovery, so to speak. So um, no, it's so good, Bonnie. Um, I guess just even as we're wrapping up, I mean, you know, you're a life coach or you're really a personal professional development coach. Um, I'll just give a quick plug for Bonnie. Um, you can find her at Royal Telos, T E L O S dot com. Um, you can find her at Instagram. What's your handle, Bonnie? Same thing, Royal Telos. Royal Telos. Um, she just put out some really cool content on uh, keeping your New Year's resolutions to even uh, growing in your effectiveness and discipline. I personally watched all of this stuff and I, I love it all. Uh, I'm a personal Bonnie fan. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Yeah, no, but, but, but real talk, like I just want to say this because I know I said this to you last time you were here and I wasn't joking, but I was like, Bonnie is one of those people when, when I think about like the next three to five years, I'm like, you're going to be on stage with like the Gary V's and, you know, the Simon Sinek's and all of these people. And I'm going to be like, when that happens, I'm going to be like, I know Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry andy you have front row or you have a backstage Yo, you, I better have VIP, <laughs> you believed in me <laughs> that's right no but 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 definitely um you know if you ever have a chance to connect with bonnie in any shape or form i mean definitely i think you know she has an incredible god story and just very authentic 
in the way that she lives and moves. Um, Bonnie, do you have maybe anything you would want to share? I guess for the, for the person who's listening, you know, we're 2020 people want to grow. Everyone is excited to grow, uh, develop. Is there anything that you would want to say as kind of like a, uh, I guess like a lasting golden nugget, I guess. Let me pray real quick. Hold on. Give me three, give me four seconds. I'm just going to take your time, girl. (laughs) Okay. So I feel like (laughs) who does this on a podcast? Anyway, (laughs) um, I, I do, you do. (laughs) Um, I just really feel the verse, um, do not despise a day of humble beginnings. Wow. So it's an attitude, whoever's listening, if you feel like whether you hate your job or you're trying to switch to something or you always have that uh, goal that Andy was talking about, you know, that sinking to the right place so that you can have that flow. Mm. Mm, I just encourage you not to compromise and, prematurely jump out of your current state simply because it doesn't match your expectation. Mm. Um, Instead, don't despise the day of humble beginnings. Mm. Yeah. You can be challenged from the day of humble beginnings, but don't despise it. Meaning don't have an attitude where you hate where you are or hate who you are right now. Mm. Um, You're made in the image of God. And if the image of God is hating itself you're Mm. hating what god has made Mm. so um yeah i just encourage you whoever's listening i just yeah that's what i feel i wanted to say yes no good so good golden nugget from bonnie kim you guys (laughs) bonnie seriously thank you so much for the time um i enjoyed this so much i think yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, just the different things that you're putting out through Royal Telos. And uh, yeah, everyone, God bless. Thank you for tuning into the Nabi podcast. Peace.